in light of eternity. How many of you um, old timers remember the Ray Charles song, I've got Georgia on my mind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to do my Ray Charles imitation, but I didn't. <laughs> Just that old sweet song, Georgia on my mind, right? Um, but what James is asking us this morning uh, in the scripture that we're going to look at, it's not to have Georgia on our mind, but to live with eternity on our mind. This is very important. We tend to be myopic. We tend to be focused on the now and the task and what we have to do and we, we, what we might have to even provide for our families. That's, that's what we tend to be focused on. And, and, and James, in a few short verses, dispels that idea. And he really wants us to be focused on the fact that not just your church life is about God, not even just your family life is about God, but all of life is to be offered up to the Lord in service and ministry. All of life is ministry. It's, it's an important concept that uh, he wants us to have. And, and um, <clears throat> so... We're just going to look at three verses of Scripture. Um, they're interesting once you, uh, uh, once you kind of see where he's going with them. James 4, 13 through 17. James says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this and that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. There are three themes that run through these three verses, and they are all run through the New Testament. The first one is live in the light of eternity. The second one we don't talk about a lot in church, but you'll, 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 you'll see it here. I'll show it to you. Remember to serve God in your workplace, not just in your church. And, and, and the third one is, is to display the goodness of God by your good works. Those are the three themes. So, so let's look at this. Look, look at what he says. Live in light of eternity. Come now, you who say, tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade to make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And then he says this key section, what is your life for you're a mist that appears for a little bit of time and then vanishes. As it is you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So James starts with this business illustration that we're going to pick up. He picks it up, okay? It's a business illustration. You're going, you're saying, I'm going to go here. I'm going to be involved in business. I'm going to do such and such a thing. But then right in the middle of it, he, he, he has this very uh, strong and telling statement. And he says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little bit of time and then vanishes. You know, George Bernard Shaw, the great playwright, said this. He said, uh, the statistics on death are quite impressive. <laughs> one out of one people die. 
So why the abrupt shift? What is, he, what is he doing? Okay, He's saying this, look, I'm talking about business, but it has to be framed in the perspective of eternity. That's what your life is about. Your life is not about this, it's about eternity. And so he says, view and live your life in view of eternity. Now, we could bring this up throughout Scripture. Moses takes this up this theme in Psalm 90, where he says, Man is like grass that's renewed in the morning, in the evening it fades and withers. So teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. Wisdom keeps eternity in mind. All of us need this reminder. Every single one of us. We forget this. And I'm going to prove you to you that we forget this by a very simple illustration. This is a rope. supposed to be nice and straight. But I want you to imagine for a minute that this rope that just stretches to there, that this is your life, and this is the timeline of your life, okay? And it goes from here to there to around the world and keeps on going because that's what it means, eternity. It means it doesn't stop. And so in light of that, when we look at our life, what James is saying, he's saying our lives is like this little end here that's got the black electrical tape on it. That's the length. And he says it's, it's foolish. It's short-sighted. It doesn't take into account reality. When you start to take this little bit right here and make life all about it. And, and that's what we do. You know, to spend your time trying to amass comforts and, and, and get, you know, get, get everything you can here. That's what you're doing. You're just, you're, 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 you're focusing on, we're focusing on this little bit. Forgetting the fact that where the tape ends, that's where God is. That's where we meet God. And the fact that what we do here affects everything we do down here. So our decisions, our priorities, our, our actions, our, how we use our finances and our time, all of them would be foolish, is what the Bible says, to just focus on this little bit with it. We should focus here and in light of that. Okay. So, so James is giving a, a good reminder, and I... You know, I want to be focused on when I'm going to meet God. <laughs> that's, that's right there. That's, that's what I got my eyes set on, right? And, and so, <clears throat> so James says, your, your life's a vapor, so, so focus on eternity. Keep it in mind. It's the perspective, the trap we, we fall into is, is to not look down and look up and uh, to, to, to see how our lives, to keep that, that perspective in mind, eternity. So I've got eternity on my mind. 
That's what James is starting out with, okay? But then it's interesting to me how this scripture changes because he goes from having eternity on my mind, so kind of the upward view, to saying, don't forget that God's in the details. All right? Because look at, look at this. Just one verse, and it's, it's this. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Now, get the flow here. He's saying, don't be arrogant. You know, don't leave God out of the equation. But you know what he's actually saying here? You ought to be lifting your work up to the Lord in prayer. It's a simple statement. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, that's really what he's saying. You ought to be lifting your work up. Your, you, and, 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 but by saying that, he's be, bringing up a, a bigger concept and, and the question that I would ask you today, so long we've taught that you serve God at church and you go to work to make money, right? But, <clears throat> but the question I would ask you today is, are you a minister that's been called into an occupation, a minister for the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? It's been called into a given occupation in whatever you do. Um, <clears throat> Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, right? We are to offer everything we do. So, so am I working my job for money or am, I, or am I ministering for the Lord there? Just some statistics that I'm sure you most, you know, you know. Most of us spend 60 to 70% of our waking hours at our workplace. At least, at least, right? <laughs> it's just interesting. It's interesting that Jesus, in all of his uh, uh, appearances that Jesus made, uh, the vast number of them were right in the marketplace, right where people work, right where they lived, okay, right where they were doing normal activities. The Hebrew word, you can see it there, avodah, okay, it has dual meaning, which combine the idea of work and worship. You can, you can combine, you can, you can, it can be used either work and worship, all right? Um, and we have to admit that that, worship, that work time is, uh, for each of us, the most important mission field in the world today, the most strategic 95% of the people in sh visit a church because someone they know asked them. So really it gets into a matter of changing your identity of who you are and who you think you are. Okay? Uh, and, and seeing yourself as, uh, you know, the Bible says ambassador, but seeing yourself as a minister called into your workplace. I, I just thought about this in Revelation 7, 9. is a neat scripture that talks about every tongue and every nation uh, being in heaven. You can see it there behind me, every tongue and every nation. But I, it just kept running through my mind, just substituting the word um, uh, from every occupation and every, every, every trade being in heaven. 
So, so, so John has the vision and he says, I saw a great multitude that no one could number from every occupation. I saw plumbers that plumbers had reached and finance people that finance people had reached and builders that builders had reached and teachers that teachers had reached. I saw them all together in one great multitude. So, so how can you bring God into your workplace? I'll, I'll just give you a, a, a couple of suggestions um, to start out with that, that I think are doable for every one of us. Um, Psalm 16 eight says this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I want you to notice what, how, how the psalmist is saying this. I have set the Lord before me always. Did you hear that? I've set him. He, we know he's there, but I have set him. I've intentionally put him in front of me always. And he's at my right hand and I won't be forsaken. So, so how about before we go to work, we pray about our job. Pray for the people you'll be working with. Pray that you can be a blessing. Let me serve somebody today. Let, 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 let me be a blessing more than just a worker today. Let me serve somebody. Let me reach out to somebody today. Let me bless somebody today. I, I could do that. Let me, let me ask somebody if they need prayer today, if it looks like it's appropriate, you see. Um, there's a pastor by the name of uh, Gordon McDonald who pastored in New York City, and he rode the same bus back and forth. And the bus driver said, he said, you have such a better job than I do. My job's just boring. I, I drive the same streets. It's just boring. And McDonald uh, said, you know, you can make this Christian ministry. Because every day when you get on this bus, before anyone gets on, you can dedicate that bus to the Lord for the day. You can declare it to be a sanctuary for the God that day. You can consecrate it to God's glory, pray over it, and act like it's a place that God dwells. This attitude of bringing the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ into our, the marketplace and our workplace, if our culture is going to be transformed, that's one of the main places it will be transformed. Because the world's not waiting to come in these doors. They really aren't. So, I think... Uh, I think that James, it's a very, I know it's a short little uh, verse that he gives, but he says, you should be praying as the Lord wills and will do these things. You should be including God in your work plans. And, uh, and, and this is a way that, 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 we can, that we can do that and think about that and pray over it, pray for strategic opportunities. And then he, he ends... Let your uh, good deeds witness a good God. Look at how he ends. James ends with a little verse which kind of catches us off guard. So uh, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, first him, it is sin. You know, <clears throat> it's, a, it's an interesting change because most of the time when we think about it, we think, okay, uh, we think about it this way. Um, if, if normally we'd be prepared for, if you do such and such a thing wrong, you sin, right? 
if you do this, you'll sin. If you commit adultery, you'll sin. If you get mad, you'll sin. But what James says here in the midst, and I'm, I'm not going to stretch it too far, but in the midst of this marketplace sort of idea, he says, if you know a good thing to do and don't do it, it's sin. If you're not involved in, in, in the good things that you could be doing, it's sin. And, and I, I, I find that very interesting. You know, there's sins of commission and sins of omission. You know, Sunday school teacher asked the class, you know, what are the sins of commission? And the little girl said, those are things we do wrong, right? And what are the sins of omission? A little boy in the back is like, wait a minute, I know what they are. All right, Johnny, what are they? They're the sins we uh, want to commit, but we don't have time for yet. But we're we're tempted to do evil, but in reality, we're also tempted to not do good. Now, Christians, we are called not just to be godly, but to be goodly. Okay? And, and, and that, that's part of the fruit that people see that make them know that we're Christians. It doesn't mean that you're a Christian. If you're goodly, you got to be godly. You have to receive the Lord. But, but we're called to be goodly. And so um, as we go about our lives, you see this first. Jesus, it's not that Jesus just didn't try to not do wrong, you know? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So it fits the overall theme. Live in light of eternity. Be ministers of that light in the workplace and manifest that light, not just by refraining from evil, but by doing good. Now, we have an awesome opportunity to do that as a church in the next two weeks because we'll be winding down the Give, Serve, Restore campaign in two weeks and the reason it's an awesome opportunity is because in this this year um, uh, what what we've been asked to do is each of us give thirty dollars each adult give thirty dollars now what would that do well right now there are 225 kids in foster care in Chester County alone 225 kids in foster care all right and 12 of them of the 225 have people that are what's called advocates. They, they, they're for the, the, the child. I met one, uh, and one real success story where they followed the child through and got them to go to a junior college and then college and now you know, working in an accounting field. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So, no, most of us don't know what it's like to be a foster child when nobody really cares about you. The state doesn't care about it. They do their job, but they can't. But if we give $30 a piece towards this, we can add, with other churches who are going hand in hand with, about 150 more advocates, all right? So $30 is a lot of money. Um, But the thing about it is, it's not really, because when we add it all together, that's when it becomes a lot of money and we have powerful impact, okay? I can't tell you that those children are going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ I can tell you that that they will be done good, okay? And that's a good thing. 
All right, that's a good thing. So, <clears throat> so James is saying, don't just do the wrong stuff. Intentionally set your heart to be agents for good at work, in our communities, and in all of life. In all of life. So, hopefully, somewhere in the midst of the last 20 minutes or 25 minutes, God was able to speak to your heart in some way, right? In some way, especially about your workplace. I think that that would probably be, you know, where we speak to it the most. But let's, let's admit that um, the power to change comes not from us, okay? The power to change comes from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have this table before us. It is the power of the Spirit that will sanctify us and change us and keep whatever light we have gotten, let it translate into action. So let's remember that as we take the Lord's Supper, but let's ask the Lord, Lord, would you, by your power, give me the change, uh, the, the spirit I need to be a powerful force for you in this world now? Because, friends, the time is coming when this little part here is going to be over. We can't do it. We won't be able to change. We won't be able to do it. It's coming. So let's live powerfully for him now and enjoy him forever. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your word would go forth in power, always from this pulpit, that you would exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry to us, in us, and through us. Father, we thank you that we know all of life is to you and through you and uh, in you, Father. We pray that our hearts might serve you, might manifest Jesus in greater ways.